Psalms chapter 5 is where we're going to end up uh, here in a minute. And uh, there's not a lot of scripture probably to read, just a few here and there. But uh, we've been sharing a little bit uh, over the last few weeks as we've moved into uh, this season of Thanksgiving. We were, we were sharing two weeks ago about, about living a thankful life. Uh, and part of that was uh, learning to be thankful and, and writing, actually writing down 10 things that we're thankful for. Uh, last week we talked about uh, this idea that we have an opportunity to choose blessing. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that we choose life or we choose death, we choose blessing or we choose cursing. And he even says, therefore, choose life. And it goes on after that in verse 20 of Deuteronomy 30, and it doesn't just say choose life, it tells us how to choose that, how to choose life, how to choose blessing. It says to love the Lord your God. Then it said to listen obediently to him. And then the third thing was to hold fast or firmly to who he is. And that as we do those three things in our lives, that's choosing that life. That's choosing blessing in our life. On Wednesday night, Elizabeth and I shared a little bit about testimony and the power of of your story. That there is a power in your story. And, and, you know, she shared that about our our finances and our money and and how that had worked in our lives. And, you know, we've shared that story, and I know it's an old story, and, and many of you have been here for a long time, have probably heard it a dozen times or more. But there are people who haven't who need to hear that, that God has a plan for you financially in your life that he's going to bless you, and that it's not the things that we did necessarily, it's what God told us to do that made the difference. And in that place, when you do what God tells you to do, there's a blessing and there's favor there that really makes a difference in your life. In Psalm 5, chapter chapter 5, verse 12, there's a scripture that says, Surely, Lord, you will bless the righteous. You will surround them with your favor as with a shield. I mean, how, how many of you, you know, you're, you're, you're the favorite in your family. You know, there were, uh, I, got a, I got a brother-in-law, Joe Camp, and, and uh, he, he was raised, you know, with a, with a dad and a mom, but he had two sisters. And boy, I'm telling you, he was, he was a pampered young boy. He had everything taken care of for him, and those girls looked out for him, and they watched out, made sure everything was taken care of that he needed. And, but he was, the, he was the favorite, you know, a little bit like Joseph in the coat of many colors, you know. He was, there's something about knowing, and he knew. I mean, he'll lie to you and say, oh, I didn't know. You knew. You knew, and you were favored. And he relished it. I, I, I was the favorite, of course. My mom, I'm her favorite. We all know that. She's not here, neither is my sister, so I can say that. I'm her favorite. And I know that. It's okay. My aunt has told me I'm her favorite. Everybody tells me I'm their favorite. So I, but I relish in that. That's good stuff. There's, there's some perks that come with that. My aunt used to make me all kinds of good food, the things I liked. She always took care of me. But listen, you're God's favorite. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows who you are. He knows what you need. He knows everything about how he made you and all of that stuff. And if you will follow after him, he, you will walk in his favor all the days of your life. It says that if we're righteous, righteous means that we are in Christ. It means right standing with God, of course, but you can't get that right standing with God without being in Christ. And so as we come to Jesus and as we give him our life, it says that the Holy Spirit makes us a new creature, a new creature in Christ. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it goes on, though, as you follow in that path. In verse 21, it says, and we will be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I just tie things together as I, as I listen and as I read and as I watch, but if I, if I realize that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I am righteous, I have right standing with him because of the blood of Christ, because of the cross. 
Now I can go back to Psalms 5, verse 12, and I can see that it says God will bless the righteous. Well, who's the righteous? Me. You. If you're in Christ, that's you. And then it says not only will he bless me because I am righteous, I'm in Christ. It goes on and says, and then he will pour out or he will give or he will surround me with favor all around my life as a shield. A shield knocks down all those things, protects you, and does all of that. That the favor of God follows you everywhere that you go. It's there when you get there, and it's there when you're there, and it's there when you leave. It's all around you. The problem that we have as human beings is seeing ourselves righteous, is seeing ourselves worthy of that favor, because we know we're not. We know our past. We know yesterday. We know last week. We know the things that we're dealing with. We know the stuff that we're going through. I mean, we look around and we see all of this. And, and, and just our human nature, which we're supposed to walk by, by faith, well, we're supposed to walk by the Spirit, but that human nature side of us knows what comes with all of that because we live in a world that punishes wrong. Yet we serve a God who, when you f- confess your sin, is faithful and just to forgive you of that and let you go. It's not like that in the world. If you, if you have a problem, you lose your favor. With God, if you have a problem, you just ask forgiveness, and that favor doesn't leave you, and it surrounds you. Then he takes care of you. There's a deal here where, where he pours his favor into your life, and that favor grows as you, feed that, as you feed on his faithfulness, and you feed that relationship. It's this thing that says, look, God, I just want to be in your presence. I want you to, to make a difference in my life. I want to be here for you. I love you. I worship you. I'm reading the word. I'm praying. I'm seeking after your face. I'm, I'm getting closer with you, becoming more intimate in our relationship. We, we are becoming one. And as you do that, there's this idea that says this favor flourishes in your life. You can grow in favor with God and man. It says that Jesus did in Luke chapter 2. It says he grew in, in stature, and he grew in wisdom, and he grew in favor with God and man in Luke 2.52. We have that same opportunity in our own lives, but we have to feed that relationship. We have to feed on his faithfulness. We have to pour ourselves into him. And I'm telling you, that favor grows. And there's favor with God, and we all want it, and, and we all have it, and we all want to walk in it. We're not real sure how. Just rest in him. But there's also favor with man. And that's the, that's the second part of this that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. There, there is favor with the people who you come in contact. You can have favor with them. Or you could be really rude and mean and not have favor. And I think when that happens, sometimes we blame the devil. Well, I think sometimes just because I was rude and I was nasty and I wasn't very nice in the situation. There's something about being polite, being respectful, and sharing the love of God in situations that you face that opens up the door not just to his favor, but to the favor of man as well. I've learned this living with Pastor Bill, you know, as I was a young person my whole life, I, we were ready, I'd be ready to kill somebody, and he would walk into a situation, and Mr., if you know him, he's Mr. Smile and Mr. Love, and just comes onto the scene, and boy, you look really nice today, it's great to see you. Man, I hope you're having a good day. You know, I've, I've been in some trouble, and I, I, I need your help, and I'm, I can't find anybody to help me, but you look like somebody who could really make a difference for me in my situation. Oh, they say, what can I do for you? <laughs> Favor. It's not smoozing. You mean, you're, not, you're not just out there laying it on thick, you know, just sharing the love of God. There are people on the other end of that phone that can press buttons that you want them to press. 
to take away those fees or to change that situation or to rehook your internet or your cable or whatever, and you, and you give them a piece of your mind because they deserve it because you're right, that makes it very difficult for them to push that button. But when you share the love of God and believe for His mercy to make a difference in that situation, and you share, you share that, that, that love that's on the inside of you that He's placed there, and, and you, you give it even though nobody deserves it on the other end of that phone and they've treated you poorly, as you, as you pour out that love, I'm telling you, just, the favor of God comes. And that person pours out favor on you. Everywhere you go, you should have favor. You're a child of God. It surrounds you. You should have the favor of God everywhere you go. Well, I don't know, man. Hey, are you following after what he has for you? Because there's something about being in the right place. There's something about having this purpose and following his purpose. When you lose purpose, you lose, you lose, you lose focus. And when you lose that focus, you lose his favor. You, you don't realize it. You get cloudy. You get foggy in your head. It's, it's just this mentality. When I was younger, I was, I was, we were in a church in Tulsa, and it was a big church. There were thousands and thousands of people, and they, they met in this big auditorium or this big arena, this basketball arena, and there was a side door that you could go in. You wouldn't have to go up the escalators with all the commoners. And uh, you, cause, because my parents were, were on staff, and they were, they, were, they were high up on staff there, and, and, and I, I, I was their child. And so because I was their kid, I had all these special privileges, and I, I could walk in this special door. And I would go to walk in this door, and they would stop me, Say, sorry, you can't go in here. You have to go around front. And I'm saying, excuse me, sir. You don't, you don't understand who you're talking to. <laughs> Pam and Bill Mickler's son. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on, go on through. Thank you. Thank you. You can keep your job today. And then I would go. There was privilege that came with that relationship. So there's privilege that comes with your relationship with Christ, but you have to know it. Now, I abused it a bit with those two, uh, and, and I, I didn't always, <laughs> I did a disassociate myself from them at other times, too. I wasn't the, the best kid. But there is, there is privilege that comes in that relationship, and you have to be the one who, who evokes it, if you will, who walks in it. There are still times, even today, where I go places, and it's a little rough, and they're not real excited maybe to see me, or they're not real excited to deal with me, or they don't want to give me any time, and I'll just say, yeah, I'm John Skelton, I'm, Pastor, I'm, I'm Pam and Bill Mickler's son. They go, oh, I love them. What can I do for you? Oh, made the way for me again. It's favor. It's favor because of a relationship that I have. It's because I'm their kid. Well, we're adopted into his household, right? So we have that kind of favor in our life. You are a child of God. Regardless of what went on, regardless of how nasty and, and awful I was as a child at times, I was still their kid. And I still relied on that favor in lots of areas of my life, and I still do today, even all these years later, that they have paved away for me. Jesus paved away for us so that we could walk in that favor. The problem is we don't always feel worthy. We don't always feel like, like we're in a place where, where we can receive that. We, we, we know that we probably don't deserve it. But I'm telling you, there's, there's favor that goes beyond salvation. Don't just get your eyes set on salvation and thank God that you're saved. Hey, there is favor that surrounds you. Favor is not optional. That scripture doesn't say he might surround you with favor. It doesn't say that some days he does. It doesn't, doesn't say any of that. It says he surrounds you with his favor. But for it to work in your life, you have to receive it. You have to walk in it. That part is optional. Him pouring out favor 
surrounding you like a shield with favor. That's not optional. He does that when you come to him. As a child of God, he surrounds you. But then you receiving that and walking in it is different. That's a choice that we make. And as I was praying and going through these things, there were only three words that I had as I kind of came to Thanksgiving, and, and it was this thankful and blessed and, and favored. And so as I, I began to think about this favored thing and pray about this, he, he, he told me or showed me anyway in the word as I was going through he, three, three easy stories and stories that we can all remember, but three things that we can do in our life that if we want to see these things flourish, if we want to see this favor operate in our lives the way it's supposed to, if we want to grow in this, this, this favor with God and men, there are some things that, that we, can, we can do in our life that, that put us in that place for his hand to move. And the first story that he gave me was Joseph. And uh, it's this idea that says, I'm willing to walk it out. Uh, are you willing to, to go the extra mile? I mean, are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to finish it? Are you willing to go to the end and be nice in it? See, patience is not just absorbing all the, the delicate and difficult things that are going on around you. It's doing so with joy. And can you go through the situations and the circumstances and, and the issues of life and the adversity that comes, yet still be loving and kind? When you don't have what you think you should have or see what you think you, should, you could see, do you, do you still handle yourself and walk in character and integrity as a Christian should? That's the thing where you get on the phone with Comcast and you give them, you give them heck because your stuff ain't working. And if I, when, when the power went out, we didn't have, we didn't have power like for Mike forever. It seemed like, I think it was only like, it was, yeah, it was like 16 hours, but that was like 62 months in my head. And then he called me, Mike called me and, and said, Hey, power's on. Mike lives in our neighborhood. And I said, Oh, praise God, man. So I get home. I send her home. I send Elizabeth home. She was here. I said, Hey, get home. What for? See if we got cable. Because, man, you can't, what's the use of power if you can't watch nothing on TV? <laughs> I can sit here and stare at you in the dark or sit here and stare at you in the light. It don't matter. I'm still staring at you. So uh, go home and see. Now, I could have called. I could have called, raised all kinds of fuss and all kinds of things, or I could have just, God will take care of it. It'll be all right. Enjoy my day. Enjoy my wife. Enjoy what's going on and walk in his favor. Don't pick up the phone and give somebody a piece of your mind. You ain't got many pieces left. Keep all the ones you got and see if God won't. Allow your mind to be fruitful and multiply instead of giving out chunks of it. But Joseph, you know, as he went, here's the deal. He was favored, right? He had a coat, much like my fine purple coat that I have on today. He had one, though, of many colors. His dad gave it to him. And so he had, he already had the mentality that he was favored. God gave him a big dream, placed it in his heart, showed him all this stuff with the stars and the moons and all those things, and so he began to walk this out. Being favored doesn't always make people around you happy. He was thrown in a pit by his brothers, and it actually says they hated him because he was favored because of his dreams. Got jealous. People want you to be all right, but they just don't want you to be too all right. They want you to do okay, just not more okayer than them. Like just, you know, let's all be together in this. Sounds like government. Right now, anyway. It's, so it's this idea that says, hey, hey, we're, you know, as long as you're not, hey, why, what, you know, why are you, are you lucky? No, I'm favored. 
Why do things happen for you? Why do doors open for you? Why are those people nice to you? Why did those people do that for you when you were in that situation? Because I, I got the favor of God. It's not luck. If you don't know Jesus, it's luck. But if you do know Jesus, it's not luck, it's favor. Because he surrounds us with it because we're in Christ. And as as Joseph was going in this, and, and he, was, he was walking in this, in this favor. He ended up in Potiphar's house. And this is why I say it's not just the favor of God that you want. It's the favor of man, too. There's a, there's a second part. He grew in stature, it says Jesus did, in, in favor with, with God and man. When, jo- when Joseph was in Potiphar's house, he was a slave. But Potiphar recognized the favor of God that was on Joseph's life. He recognized the blessing that was in his house because Joseph was there. He realized that things changed because Joseph was in his life. And it says that he gained, Joseph, he gained favor in Potiphar's sight. The favor of man. That he gained that. When you are employed by someone who is watching over you and supposed to be your superior or your boss, there is a mutual submission or there's a, there's a submission that you need to put forth in that relationship if you want to be blessed and see the favor of God operate. Well, that person I work for is a demon. Well, just pray for him. Because it says pray for those who, who abuse you, spitefully use you, those things. I mean, that you, but there, there is a responsibility that comes with being in the, in the body of Christ. And up until the point of sin, and God moving you out of that job to another one, put your hand to the plow and work and submit and be obedient to what your boss or your employer says. You already don't like me, sorry. I, it's just, I don't know your boss, so it's easy for me to say that. Uh, but listen, that's what the word says. And he does that in this position with Potiphar as a slave, not the job he wants probably, not the place he wants to be, I'm sure, yet he is handling that adversity with great character and the, not just the favor of God is being poured out in his life, but now the favor of Potiphar as well and he rises right to the top of that house. Then he goes from there to prison. It doesn't get much better. It gets worse. Yet the same thing happens in prison that he ends up in a position and in a place where he's in charge of all the other prisoners. Why? The favor of God. He's handling himself well. There is character that he's showing and integrity in these places of adversity as he goes along. You have to. You can't run around being all cantankerous and expect the favor of God to work on your behalf. It doesn't work that way. You have to walk in love. You have to walk in forgiveness. You, you, there's, there's part of that, that that makes all this work. There is a scripture, men, that says, if you find a good wife, you find a good thing and obtain favor with the Lord. So don't be cantankerous to her. Again, Mark's the only one that said amen. That's three services in a row. Like I said that, not even the women went like, yeah. I mean, nothing. I got See, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yeah. Yes, he does. Hmm. Yeah, good one. And obtains favor from the Lord. Don't go being cantankerous to that woman. She's a good thing that God gave you. And in that relationship, you will find favor if you act right. Don't come tell me how bad your wife is because she's already told me how bad you are. 
it never ceases to amaze me, man. I, I get like two calls at the same time. You know, they're all telling on each other. Quit giving tattles on each other. And then, and then I said, well, you know what we need to do? We need to like all sit down at the same time. They disappear. Nobody has a problem at that point. Like, I, I just want to complain about him. I just want to complain about her. It doesn't say that Joseph complained about Potiphar anywhere. It doesn't say that he complained about the jailer or any of those other things. It doesn't say he complained about being forgotten. Don't complain about your wife. Don't complain about your husband. Nurture that relationship with mutual submission, and you'll see favor grow. No different than, than, your, than your relationship with God. It's in this mutual submission. It's in this thing that says, I love you so much, honey, that I, I mean, I, I know the word says submit to the ladies in Ephesians, but it also says, men, then you need to die. So you pick. Do you want to die or do you want to submit? It's, it's mutual submission in that. Love her like Christ loves the church in this relationship. And in that place, favor flourishes. Your, your wife's not an ogre. She's a good thing. Your husband is not a, a misfit beast. He's a, he's a good man, a godly man. That's what you say and that's what you pray. And as you give yourselves to each other in that relationship, there's favor that flourishes. He already gave himself for us, Jesus. The people who give back in this mutual submission, if you will, is us. And as you give yourself to him in that way, I'm telling you, there's favor that flourishes. And it follows you all through the good times and the bad times, the difficult situations and the easy stuff. Joseph was blessed and he had favor, but he decided that he was going to go on to the end. He was going to walk it out. The second thing that God showed me, the second story was Noah. Because we have this idea that it favors just this velvety thing that says, man, it's just going to be beautiful and everything's going to be fantastic. It's going to be showered on me. And everywhere I go, it's just going to rain rainbows and gumdrops. And I'm just going to, that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, Jesus says, you know, in Matthew that, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But there's still yokes and burdens. Still work. I mean, no, I mean, it says that it's, you know, he's going to be there with you, and he's going he's gonna to help you get through that. But it does say that we're going to have to put our hand to the plow then and work. There are a lot of people who want the favor of God but won't lift a finger to work for it. Well, it says you don't have to work. You know, it's not about, it's not about, gain, it's not about gaining salvation. It's not about earning those things. Grace, that's a free gift. Mercy is a free gift. Righteousness is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. But listen, it says that there are works that go along with those free gifts, with those things, with the words of your mouth, that, that make your faith powerful and put you in the right spot. Noah was favored, it says. And this is, this is what caught my attention as I read through this in chapter 6 in Genesis. If you read the story, for the believer, I, I've never looked at it this way before, but sometimes I just get a weird perspective when I read stuff. As I read this, God was a little irritated because everybody was heathen. Everybody was doing the wrong stuff, serving the wrong gods, marrying and doing all kinds of weird perversion stuff. I mean, it was all bad news. And so he comes on the scene and decides that, you know what, there's a guy who loves me. There's a man who pleases me. And the word says that Noah gained favor in the sight of the Lord. And so we would think, since he's the guy with favor, we think, well, you know what? He should have sat on a, on a stool somewhere and ordered all these people around to build the ark for him because they're the heathens. Nope. God said, you're favored. Get to work. Huh? How about that? I mean, like, you're the, you're the one who's favored. Now go work for 120 years building this boat. 
but it worked out okay for him. Everybody else perished. And he and all the animals in his family were saved. Listen, there is, there is, there is favor in, in God, in Christ. But you're going to have to work. You're going to have to put your hand to the plow and go out there and, and sow seed, reap harvest. Look, harvest doesn't jump off the stalk and come into the house, people. It's harvested. There, there, there's, a, there's a hand to the, to the instrument here. There's a work involved. The third thing, the third story that he showed me in, in all this was Esther. And there's a reason. There's a reason that God puts you in a place of favor. It's to help others. The favor for you, for where you are, I mean, it's there. It surrounds you, right? But listen, he, he puts you in a position. It doesn't say that Esther was just favored by God. If you read the story in Esther, many of you, you know, uh, may not know what, what, what that, that story is. Esther was a young lady who, who was put in a position, the king and, and needed a queen, and, and she was put in this position with all these other girls, and they were all pampered and perfumed and all those things for all these months. And then it says that the king spied her out. I don't know if she was the hottest one of the bunch or what, you know, what the deal was, but he picked her, and she was favored in his eyes. Well, there was a reason for that, because there was a plan in place to kill all the Jews. And unbeknownst to the king, that plan was going on in the background. Unbeknownst to everybody else, she was a Jew, but nobody knew. <laughs> I'm rapping. It's a rhyme. But I'm freestyling. Is that what you call it? Freestyling? She was a Jew, but nobody knew. Anyway. So, but there's all these pieces and parts, see, that are being put in place. There's a reason why you have, you have favor with this person. There's a reason why out of all these people, she, she had the favor of the king. But the reason wasn't so that she could be the queen and walk off happily ever after in her glass slippers. The reason was she needed that favor so that when the time came to save the people and she came into that situation, he would extend the scepter to her. That there was, a, there was a, a very dangerous situation for anybody to come in unannounced like that into the, into the court. They could be killed. And so that third part of this idea of walking in favor was, are you willing to be courageous? You know, Joseph, I mean, he had to willing to go all the way to the end, man, go all out. Noah, he had to be willing to work. Even though he was favored, he had to be willing to work. Well, Esther had to be courageous because she had to push through that door into that court and she had to come before the king. But God had already prepared favor for her. His favor, yes, but the favor of the king toward her. So that when she went into that position, he didn't say kill her. He said, what would you like and what do you need? What is it that I can do for you today? And then she's able to do it. She even knew that it was dangerous. She said, if I die or if I perish, I perish. See, we're all excited, like I talked about last week with these, with these doors, you know, at the, at the supermarket, that when we walk up, they open, and inside is the supermarket, and we just get all the stuff we need. But listen, there was another side to this for her. She had to come through this door into a dangerous situation, but God's favor provided a way for her. Not just for her, but for the people of God. 
the thing that as I look at this story and as I, as I go through these things, the thing that I, that I see is on the other side, you know, there's, there's people. On the other side of Joseph, there's people. On the other side of Noah, there's people. Joseph had his family. He had people of Egypt. I mean, it was, it was getting to the point where he became that right-hand man to Pharaoh so that he could save up all of that stuff so that when the famine came, they could save all those people and his family. See, there was, there was a place for Noah where he got into that boat. And, but when he came out of that boat on the other side, even after he'd worked 120 years and been on that boat with all those animals for all that time, he was all right. God blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply. And who came out of that boat with him? His family. But who came from that? Us. There's people on the other side of that favor. It's not just favor for you, it's favor for them. And Esther goes before the king, not because she wants to gain anything. Nobody even knows that she's she's a Jew. So she's not really in harm's way. She, nobody really even knows that. But she puts herself in harm's way and courageously walks through that door with the favor of God and the favor of the king to come before him with her petition. And in that, the plot is unfolded and all those people are saved. Think about Mary. Mary. You know, God came down with the angel of the Lord and he spoke to Mary and said, you are blessed and highly favored. I've got something for you to do. Oh, we say that's fantastic. Tell me about it. She's engaged to a guy. They're working on getting married. She's probably worried about tablecloths and colors and her dress and who knows what else of this feast that she has to do. And he says, hold on, I got something for you. You are highly favored. I've chosen you to be the mother for my son. Say what? But who's on the other side of that? People. Will you be inconvenienced? Will you walk with courage? Will you put your hand to the plow and work? Will you go all the way to the end? Because I'm telling you, we want God's favor. Well, that's where it is. That's where it is. Keep plugging along. Because there are people on the other side of the favor of God in your life. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.